Hello, and welcome to season two of Coffee and Code. I'm your host, Ashley Coffee. Coffee and Code is here to help bridge the gap between technology and people through each informative episode. On this show, you'll hear exclusive interviews with experts and innovators in the tech space. No matter your level of expertise or ability, I believe you can be excited, informed, and empowered to learn how the rapidly evolving tech world impacts your daily life. Subscribe to Coffee and Code to be notified when new episodes go live. You can also find me on Twitter at AshleyCoffee underscore and on Instagram at AshleyRCoffee89. Thanks for listening and welcome to Coffee and Code. Hello and welcome to season two of Coffee and Code. I'm excited to have two very special guests on the show with us today. Futurists and emerging tech leaders, Kathy Hackle and John Bazell, are here to talk about their new book, The Augmented Workforce. The Augmented Workforce is geared towards helping the non-technical professional understand the metaverse and the impact technology has and will continue having on businesses. Kathy and John are amazing. I'm so excited for them to be here today. Let's give them a warm welcome to the show. Welcome, Kathy and John. Thanks, Ashley. Thanks for having us on. We're happy to be here. Yeah, super excited to be here, Ashley. Thanks for having us. Thank you. Um, big fans of you too. You two are really the um, experts right now in, in this augmented workforce concept. And I really feel like your book is geared towards both people that are experts in the field and people that want to learn more about these topics such as artificial intelligence or machine learning, 5G. Um, but to start off, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your background and how you kind of got to this point of writing The Augmented Workforce. I'd love to hear that origin story about your diverse backgrounds and expertise because they really complement each other throughout the book. Kathy, why don't you go first? Yeah, definitely. Thanks, John. Ladies first. That's um, absolutely right. <laughs> um, so um, I, uh, you know, I kind of come from a, I, I started off in, a, in working in media. So I come from a media background. I was in media for a while, then went over to tech. Uh, my first, you know, forays into technology were in the live streaming uh, era. So Periscope, Meerkat, um, you know, which don't really exist really nowadays. Um, and then through live streaming, I was introduced to virtual reality. And um, I had a very pivotal experience where I put on a headset and I, I, guess, I, I guess I saw the future in some way. That's uh, the only way to describe it. And I decided that that's what I wanted to do for the rest of my life. So that was about wow. six years ago. And, uh, you know, since then, I've worked with companies like HTC Vive, uh, Magic Leap, Amazon Web Services, and uh, I'm now I'm kind of doing my own consultancy with uh, metaverse cl clients that were interested in in the metaverse and launching into the metaverse. So it's been it's been quite exciting. Um, I'm, I also write for Forbes. I'm a contributor there. And yeah, things have just been, uh, you know, have been really exciting. And John and I met when we when I worked at uh, You Are Here where he used to be the president. Um, and yeah, it's just been a, a really exciting time. And I know we're going to get into kind of how this book came about because it has a really interesting origin story. Um, but yeah, just happy to be here. So passing it, passing it over to you, John. <laughs> Thanks, Kathy. Um, so yeah, um, gosh, uh, I have been 
on the leading edge of uh, technology, it feels like for a very long time. Um, got my first computer <clears throat> back in the, uh, the late 70s and um, really was very excited to try to figure out what you could do with it. It wasn't always clear what computers were for, uh, you know, beyond uh, business use. And so, you know, uh, creating early games, uh, trying to create entertainment with it, uh, just really trying to make it do all kinds of different things. And over time, got involved with uh, CD-ROM and then narrowband internet, broadband internet, mobile and social. And a few times uh, along the way, uh, you know, touched VR and other immersive technologies like AR. And, and, you know, around the same time that Kathy was talking about her first experience with VR, um, you know, we started to do uh, commercial projects with it back in, in 2013, 2014, and really just not only had, you know, we'd seen the potential before, um, but really started to see the traction that it was getting. Um, you know, people are always hoping that these types of technologies are going to break through in the mainstream. And it felt like this was the beginning of that moment. And so uh, I love explaining technology to people, helping them figure out what to do with it, and then figuring out how to help them scale it up. And so, yeah, when Kathy and I uh, met for lunch that day to talk about the book, it was, uh, was well-timed. I think we were both ready. Absolutely. I feel like the augmented workforce is like your love letter to the technology revolution and where we are currently and where we're going, which is really exciting. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about really understanding the augmented workforce and understanding how it's the most comprehensive and truly up-to-date guide for understanding the profound impact that artificial intelligence and augmented reality and 5G will have on our future. So for those who are listening on this episode, they come from a wide variety of backgrounds. Can you both talk a little bit about why the augmented work workforce is truly a must-read for all professionals, regardless of discipline or field? Yeah, if you want, I, I can kind of share my 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 ideas and, and kind of why I think it's a must read. Um, I think the book has come to fill a void um, that you know that, that wasn't that, that was there. Uh, it has been really well received and we've gotten great feedback. Um, I would say because I know that part of your audience are you know are are students and and obviously you've got a lot of people in your audience that are hiring you know younger millennials and Gen Z. Um, I think it's it's for people to understand how work the workforce, the worker and technology are all evolving and changing. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I love that you said it's a love letter um, because I do feel that it is in some ways. This book is, you know, was made to be helpful, accessible, useful. And I feel that it's accomplishing that. It's for anyone that, that you know, might have questions about AR or artificial intelligence or 5G or IoT and, you know, might, you know, might not want to ask those questions or, or is curious, right? Um, I think that that's who we created this book for, for anyone that is interested in these technologies and how it's going to impact work. And, you know, for the, let's say for the employee, for the employers that are going to have to, you know, they're going to be bringing Gen Z into the workforce. I think it's a must read. Uh, and also for the people coming into the workforce, those students that do listen to this. Um, I think it's also a great, um, a great book. Uh, I will, I will add a funny, uh, a funny, um, a funny thing my dad shared with me. My dad is in his uh, late seventies. And he messaged a friend about the book uh, who was in his 80s. And he said, oh, that book is for young ones. That book is not for us. <laughs> and my dad's like, no, on the contrary, we should read it and get, you know, get with the times. So, um, so yeah, just sharing that fun, uh, the fun little story. I love that. Yeah. If, if I could tack on to that, um, <clears throat> I, I was, I felt very fortunate, you know, coming up, technology was not always on the 
top of everyone's minds. And so when those opportunities would present themselves, I would raise my hand and say, I'll do it, I'll do it. Whether it was, you know, uh, early CD-ROM project or websites or mobile apps or all, all different kinds of things, to be honest. And uh, today there's so much going on. People could be forgiven for just feeling like there's not space for them to get in. Mm-hmm. So when I was doing projects at, at Time Warner for sports and entertainment, or when I was, you know, working with the Discovery Channel on CD-ROMs, or when I was building some early augmented reality applications uh, for Porsche uh, back in 2017 on the iPhone, um, you know, for me, that was momentum that I felt like I had built through my whole career. Um, but for people just getting started, it might feel imposing. It might be feeling intimidating to try to break in. So we wanted uh, this book to demystify uh, the technology for people to help them make sense of it. Mm-hmm. We wanted to give them confidence throughout the middle 60% of the book to see a bunch of examples where they say, hey, people are already doing it. People that that sound like me, that look like me, you know, people from across different industries. And then really in the end of the book, um, it helps people, you know, put it to work in their own organization, whether that's a startup or they're independent or if they're part of a large company. So yeah, like Kathy said, if you're an expert, this might be a way for you to feel more encouraged and, and to find out like, you know, what are some, um, you know, what are some efficient ways that I can convey uh, examples or my excitement? And if you're new to the field, it's a whole bunch of ways for you to get in and find the part that uh, excites you. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm curious from your perspectives, do you feel like this rapid acceleration into digital working brought by the COVID pandemic has shifted our focus of paying more attention to emerging technologies and how they can impact our everyday lives versus pre-pandemic? Like how do you, how do you see that trajectory? Yeah, I would definitely say, you know, I think we can all agree there was a definite acceleration. Um, I don't know if it was McKinsey or one of one of these companies that put out a study saying that, you know, due to the pandemic, um, the future has been accelerated by like three or five years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it does feel like that, especially in the VR AR industry. Uh, and I'm sure John can, can speak to that more. But um, but I do see that. I do see that kind of acceleration further, um, you know, especially in, in some of the work I do with with my clients that are interested in in launching in, in the metaverse and creating virtual worlds. Um, you know, some of the conversations I'm having with some of the brands, I, I, you know, maybe if you would have asked me a year and a half ago or two years ago that if I was going to have these conversations, I probably would have told you, um, no, impossible. <laughs> um, but now they're all, you know, interested in, you know, virtual worlds and, and, and all these sorts of things. So there is there is an acceleration. There is a bit of a change in mindset, mm-hmm. I think, as well. Not for everyone, of course, but for certain people. Um and yeah, and, and, and definitely a big interest, um, a big interest in, in kind of where we're heading. You know, I, I as a professionally trained futurist, I will say, um, you know, futurists trade in uncertainty. Mm-hmm. And if the pandemic showed us uh, anything is that, you know, nothing necessarily is for certain. Um, many things are on, you know, are, are changing and, you know, and, and shifting. So, you know, as a, as a futurist, I do see kind of a, almost like a, a renaissance of sorts with with thinking with having that longer term vision mm-hmm. uh, to try to understand, you know, not focusing on just the next quarter, but the next quarter century. Yeah, it's it's funny how the ground so much shifted under our feet while we were writing this book. Um, you know, Kathy invited me to lunch uh, and said, hey, do you want to go to this place where, you know, robots serve you pizza? <laughs> and uh, 
my gosh, you know, Kathy Hackle asks you to lunch, like for pizza with robots, like who could refuse, right? So, <laughs> so we're sitting there at the table and here comes this, you know, like rosy robot from the Jetsons looking thing with our big slices of pizza. And around that time, she says, hey, do you want to write a book together? And I said, hmm, that sounds interesting. Tell me more. Because, you know, Kathy and I were working together at the time or had worked together recently, rather. And, uh, you know, she is so in touch with everything that's going on in the community uh, for various you know, types of emerging technology. And for me, like it's been more about the projects, like working for a few months, maybe years at a time, dealing with some of those issues, seeing what works, what doesn't like being part of that, uh, evolution. And, um, you know, she said, well, the name of the book is the augmented workforce, how ARAI and 5g will impact every dollar you make. And I kind of sat there and like, it kind of blew my hair back, uh, to hear, to hear that all at once. <laughs> and, and I thought about, it, I was like, yeah, yeah, I, th I think I can write that with you. So over like 20 months or so, we both changed jobs. Wow. We, we both moved our families and the pandemic started Whew. while we were writing this book. Oh, so when we talk about accelerations, I mean, oh my goodness, you know, we were all aiming VR, AR, MR, you know, all the R's, we were aiming those at different types of problems pre-pandemic. But now, to Kathy's point, they seem really essential technologies for not only connecting people to machines or situations that they would need to train on, but really to connect us with each other. You know, who's not tired of, of Zoom and other web conferencing experiences doing it hours and hours a day? So that's accelerated. Mm -hmm. If you look at AI, we have this tremendous shortage of workers. Like who would have thought a year and a half ago that we were going to have shortage of, of available or willing workers. Mm -hmm. So looking for those gaps where, you know, uh, you know, chat bots or, or, you know, conversational AI can step in and start to, you know, interact, interactive voice recording even can step in and start to fill some of those roles. That's an acceleration. Mm -hmm. 5G, maybe not so much because people are more reliant, you know, on, on Wi-Fi at the moment while everybody's working from home or most of us are, mm -hmm. but yeah, things change so quickly. And so it's made the book more timely and to be honest, we had to update a lot of it as we went because there were more examples and just we had to change the tone a little bit. Kathy, would you agree? Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, I mean, it's just it's such an interesting time, to be honest. Um, an interesting time to be alive, an interesting, interesting time to build. Um, you know, I, I, I had a conversation yesterday with um, a consulting client who's a big tech company, and I was talking to their executives. And, you know, they had all these questions. And at some point I just, I just said, you know, to be honest, like this is the wild, wild west. Mm. Like we're all pioneers here. Mm -hmm. I don't have all the answers. I have a good understanding of some of the things that are happening. But in reality is that if you, if you really have an idea and you can build it, it's, you know, it, yeah, I don't know. I, I definitely agree with you, John. I didn't mean to go off on a tangent, but uh, it's just an exciting <laughs> no, time to pioneer. Definitely exciting time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting what you see working through these emerging technologies over and over again. I tell people, and you know, depending on who you are, you might remember this. Like where we are right now is kind of like 2006 for the smartphone. You know, the mm -hmm. iPhone had been rumored, maybe even announced. People knew that things were heading in an interesting direction. Um, and there was p potential energy building up behind it. Mm -hmm. um, but people really didn't understand what an app would ultimately be for. Like, what would be the usefulness? What is what is the uh, collection of, like, most important use cases around a smartphone, right? Or it's like 1993 for the internet, 
where big companies were starting to look at this and that people were talking about the information superhighway with this same level of excitement and confusion as they're talking about the metaverse today. And they were like, oh, this is a big thing. Like, where do we start? Do we build? Do we buy? Like, but, you know, a lot of the, the real pieces of that hadn't shown up yet. So it's important for people to realize that, you know, you can take insights or experience from your, from your prior, uh, you know, uh, jobs or projects or whatever, but this is new territory for a lot of people, for everybody. And it just creates a ton of opportunity. Absolutely. And I think that's a good segue into the technology revolution. And I'd like to pull a quote from the book from Kathy, actually, because I think it's a good place for us to dive into a conversation around the concept of augmentation and how deeply it is impacting our everyday lives. So to quote Kathy, to me, human augmentation and everything related to artificial intelligence and augmented reality has the power to transform and improve the workplace as much as the industrial revolution did centuries ago. And yet our current technological revolution won't just enhance our physical abilities. It will also augment our cognitive capacity. Kathy, John, do you want to talk a little bit more about that that quote there? Because I think there's just a lot to unpack in terms of the technology revolution that we're currently in. Yeah, what I would say, that that's a great quote, Ashley. Thanks thanks for reading that. Um, it's always nice to hear that read back to me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, oh, wow, I said that? <laughs> wow, that is so eloquent. Uh, it's always nice to hear it back, I have to say. Um, what I would say is, you know, I, I think that what that, with that quote and what I was trying to stress with it is we as humans have been on this, you know, journey, mm-hmm. um, you know, a technological journey, right. For a very, very long time. You know, if people say, you know, technology, when we created fire technology, when we painted on, on, on the walls of, of the caves and things. And, and it's been this kind of ongoing journey, right. Of technology mm-hmm. and humans and how do we make humanity better or, or extend humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that's part of it. I mean, a simple, it's very interesting that we have the, that you pull that quote because just yesterday I was listening to something related to coffee, right? And how coffee has helped us uh, with, uh, with, this is so silly to kind of mention, but, you know, helped us with productivity and helped us, uh, you know, staying awake for longer times. And yeah, there's an addictive quality to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in some ways it's made us more productive uh, in, in, in certain ways. So, so I wonder, you know, and I always think about technology and how are we using it to make ourselves more efficient, to make ourselves, you know, I don't know if better workers is the right word. Cause I don't know necessarily, I don't necessarily think it's about being working bees, but you know, how are we using technology to unleash the possibilities? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and that's where I think that there's this moment, and, and I call the moment the big unlock, mm-hmm. um, where we're going to be unlocking all these creativity, all this creativity and all these opportunities, right? Mm-hmm. And for a very long time, and, and I got to quote my friend Tommaso, who said this to me, um, he said, you know, Kathy, for, the very, for a very long time, humans have been working so hard to make money, like physically hard. It's been hard, right? For a very, very long time, decades. And work tends to be something that drags on and you get tired of. And he said, but with, with these newer technologies and some of the shifts that are happening in, in, in the digital world, it's starting to become more fun and it's starting to become easier, mm-hmm. right? So when you start to think about the play to earn, right, where someone actually is playing a game and making money because they're playing that game. And, and I'm not talking like a YouTuber making money off of ads. No, I'm talking about actually earning because you're playing a game. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, or, or these creators that have beautiful art that, you know, they posted online as, you know, as JPEGs, but now are being sold as NFTs and, and they have this opportunity and this recognition. Now, I think it's such an exciting time where these technologies are allowing us to do that and to move beyond, you know, move beyond coffee in some ways and move into using technology to kind of become that, um, you know, that, that, you know, that part that enables us to get almost to a a different level with humanity. Mm -hmm. Um, So from a creativity perspective, I think creativity and technology are tied together. And, and, and I kind of just want to reflect on that in reference to the quote you just read. Yeah. If I could add to that, um, we wanted to make sure with this book that people not only felt the excitement that Kathy and I feel about all of this burgeoning technology. And of course, we're not the only ones. I mean, lots of people are excited about it. But also, we wanted to collect a bunch of different examples uh, so that people could see for themselves. Um, and, and some of these examples are actually new during during the pandemic uh, of, of how technology is being used to augment workers. I mean, whether it's, uh, you know, uh, NFC technology, keeping people safe and protecting uh, safe workflows while people are working on aircraft, or whether it's, you know, downloading uh, new training uh, to, uh, you know, kind of the agricultural workplace so that that people don't have to stop work and go back, or whether it's, you know, training people to deal with difficult office situations using virtual reality, Mm -hmm. whether it's going through sample scenarios as themselves or going through sample scenarios, uh, as in the case of uh, equal reality as a startup, um, where you go through it as somebody else. And like, you know, for me as a middle-aged white male, I would go through it as, you know, perhaps, you know, someone of a different gender, a different color, different, you know, uh, you know, background. Um, you know, we're not only getting access to more information, but we're getting it just in time and we're getting it with context and recommendations. And, you know, to Kathy's point, Sure, there will be ways for us to be more productive, but there's also that importance of us making better choices and 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 getting th- getting there faster and more elegantly. And we tried to capture a lot of those examples in the book. So yeah, there's you know seven different horizontal segments of businesses, and there's twelve different uh, vertical markets that we go through to categorize uh, categorize all of these different examples and really give people a bunch of jumping off points. Absolutely. And I feel like this is a good segue into one of your chapters. In chapter three, uh, titled Your New Global Computer, Building the Future on Six Pillars, you two break down everyday tech buzzwords such as Internet of Things, Artificial Intelligence, the Cloud, Blockchain, Extended Reality, and 5G. But you also talk about the importance of having a very clear strategy for deploying these technologies that go far beyond familiarity. And I specifically can remember when a flawed AI that you both reference in the book went live by Microsoft and Twitter. I want you two to talk about this because this is such a good example of the importance of understanding what you're getting into before you make decisions that can impact your business. So let's talk about that a little bit. John, do you want to take that one? (laughs) Sure. Yeah. So um, experiments are fun, right? (laughs) (laughs) Until they're not. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah, the ex- the uh, example that you're talking about from Microsoft, there was a, a, a Twitter um, that was, you know, 
supported or, or, or you know, kind of staffed or however you want to say it, uh, by a con- by by an AI, and it wasn't actually conversational. It would, you know, kind of like a robotic parrot. It would take a lot of things that were said to it, and then it would try to contextually apply those things back in a way that that sounded like language, that sounded like personality. And for those who aren't familiar with this story. Uh, what eventually happened was, uh, you know, a bunch of trolls fed it a bunch of very nasty thoughts and and comments, and eventually, it, I mean, it it didn't know, so it just started weaving that back into conversation and talking about like, you know, who you know grew up, uh, you know, learning from Hitler, and and it was terrible. Uh, so of course, Microsoft kind of quickly decided to to kind of suspend the experiment, as it were. Um, but I think you know. The point here that, that we would draw or would recommend to the audience is that this stuff is new and it's okay to fail, but you kind of have to prepare to fail and you should expect to, you should want to fail, but also to learn from it. Mm-hmm. So some of that is gauging where things are and if it's ready to be deployed at scale. Some of that is you know starting off with experiments that you want to challenge your assumptions and to be ready to accept when it go- doesn't go wrong and be on that footing to like say, oh my gosh, really? Okay, great, let's let's try it again. Um, and some of it is, is preparing your supporters, your organization for that to say, hey, we think we have something interesting here. Maybe someday it'll be ready to go wide, but can we try doing this over here with a customer maybe that would be you know, okay with it, that would enjoy the collaboration? Kathy, uh, what did I miss? What would you add there? you missed anything. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, it, it's been, it's been really this week to be honest, and I don't mean to kind of like derail the conversation, but this week for me has been quite interesting, um, with a lot of things changing and moving. And I think like you mentioned, collaboration is just so incredibly important and it's mm-hmm. been a kind of a really pivotal moment. I, you know, I can't stress how important this book is. I mean, and that sounds kind of funny coming from an author, right? Like saying, you know, it's a great book, you should buy it. Uh, but but really, I do think, you know, I can't stress how important this book is and, and kind of the, the hole or the need that it's filling for education and for people to truly understand it and not feel so intimidated for by these technologies. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I've been kind of thinking through also you know, is this a book that we want to create a, you know, a, a workbook for, mm-hmm. and that can be used in universities? I, you know, I think that there could be really good things for us to do with it. Yeah. And, and if I could add on there, you know, um, Ashley, you mentioned chapter three, uh, your new global computer building the future on six pillars and how it lists all of these different types of technologies. The reason we did that is we felt like there was a gap. We felt like everybody, okay. So if you're on the younger side and you've used some of these technologies growing up and you're like, yeah, okay, so there's AI here and I know what AI is, or I tried VR once, or yeah, 5G sounds cool. You know, you may not have an issue being scared of the technologies, but you still might not know how to apply them, how to think about them. You may think that, oh, I have to choose at work, you know, are we going to solve this problem with AI? Are we going to solve it with 5G? You know, are we going to solve it with AR? Um, and if you're on the kind of middle age to older side, like Kathy's anecdote from earlier about the guy saying like the book's not for us, you may be, you know, not sure what these things even are or how they go together. So that's the gap that we were trying to address. We said, hey, look, everybody, you know, these aren't silver bullets where you put all your money into one thing. Look at how they go together. You know, 
cloud computing can not only be your storage, but eventually it can be your, you know, apps. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, AI can be more than a chat bot, right? AI can do more than just looking at a bunch of pictures and helping you find ones of your friends on, you know, uh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, you know, we tried to give people a better frame for how to use these technologies braided together, mm -hmm. like a computer braids together different technologies, display, storage, input, all that kind of stuff. So in that way, we were trying to help people understand not only what these things were and demystify them a bit, mm -hmm. but start to think about, well, huh, that's an interesting frame. How would I use them together to solve a problem? Absolutely. They want, they complement each other and in mm -hmm. one way or another. And kind of circling back around to what Kathy mentioned, like I hope to see this in universities as a resource, as someone who used to, to work in an academic setting and as an emerging tech librarian, there weren't a lot of up-to-date resources uh, for students that were wanting to learn more about these specific areas. So I do feel like this right here is like the one-stop shop for for students, small business owners, large business owners, or, yeah. or anyone kind of wanting to dive in because I mean, the most comparison thing that I have here would be um, a literature guide on emerging tech that was published in 2018. Well, by the time it gets published, it's that's yeah. a lot of it's already out of date and so much has happened. So I think this is such a good resource for young and, and more mature and everyone from all ends of the spectrum of technology. We really, you know, there's a pivotal moment in the project where, you know, Kathy and I had a nice tidy little book and it had, you know, pretty much the end in the, in the beginning right? And yeah. we looked at each other and we said, ah, this is not enough. You know, yeah, we captured the excitement and we gave people some tools to put it to work at, at the office. Um, but it just felt like it, it needed more reference in the middle because, you know, things move so fast, but there are good examples hiding out there. And so we made the decision that we were going to ended up writing like, you know, more than half of the book at that moment. Um, that we wanted to show people what's going on in HR with these technologies. We wanted to show people what's going on in training. We wanted to talk about agriculture and hospitality. We wanted to cover, like build this almost matrix of examples to not only highlight all the great work that was coming forward and like real results attached to them, mm -hmm. but also to just give lots of different people ways in besides just kind of strategy. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, it's, we hope that people find it valuable and yeah, they may see different versions of this in the future that help them, you know, put it to work, whether that's at school or in the office. Yeah. And, and adding to that, I do want to say that in, in that moment where we decided to expand um, that part of the book, we felt some, something was missing. And, you know, John and I realized like we're, we're really good at what we do and we know a lot of things, but we don't mm -hmm. know everything. Right. So being able to tap into our networks and really work, you know, with folks that are, you know, that are experts in architect and, you know, in design and construction, um, folks that are, you know, edu education experts, or, you know, being able to kind of reach out to some some of the folks that we interviewed for for several of the chapters as contributors, I think was pivotal for making the book so solid, mm -hmm. because you know we weren't only relying on you know on research that we could do or or our own experiences and our and, and our own um, you know our own knowledge, but we were actually able to tap into some of the you know the m most amazing experts out there in the field. So so yeah, I think that you know to that point we felt something was missing and we were able to find it partly with you know with those people in, my, in our network that are experts in their fields. 
And I hope readers take that as a reminder to always collaborate with one another, right? Um, community over <laughs> yeah. competition. Um, that's where, you know, the real magic can happen, both from a student level and from a professional level. So thank you for for considering that as you were writing this book. I There's another sure. book that I um, I like to recommend to, to people as well that, that come to me for, for advice, Women in Tech um, by Tara Wheeler Van Vlack. But the reason why I love that book so much is because of the contributions from different diverse perspectives, different people yeah. in different industries. That right there made the book such a good read because I wasn't just getting, you know, the author's perspective, but different types of, of areas and expertise. So thank you both for doing that. Oh, it's our pleasure. It, it, it's such an amazing moment. You know, um, <laughs> Kathy's probably well tired of hearing me say this um, by now, but, you know, um, depending on who you ask, humans have been, no, excuse me, no matter who you ask, humans have been around for a very long time. And, you know, people can argue whether it's 100,000 years or 10,000 years or longer, doesn't matter. It's, you know, we've been around a while. Mm -hmm. And somehow in the last 100 years or so, uh, after we've been walking around for all of that time, spatial beings, you know, walking around you know, 3D world and geography, what have you, um, we decided that these glowing rectangles were the thing and that we were going to communicate with each other. We we're going to look, look to these things for entertainment, whether it's at the cinema or on a TV set or your phone or your watch or whatever. Like we just started depending on these glowing rectangles. And, you know, for a while, digital information required one of those things. You had to go to a university campus or you had to go to the office or maybe eventually it was in your home office or your backpack or like eventually in your pocket or on your wrist and it's coming for your eyes. But like digital information is ready to join the physical world that we live in. And some people call this the metaverse or the uh, mirror world. You know, you know, people called it the oasis or, or Ernest Klein called it the oasis in Ready Player One. But like that idea of whether it's, you know, yelling into the air for something you need or having it presented in your line of sight when you're talking to someone or you being able to immerse yourself in an experience or a situation that you need to be a better person or to relax or whatever, like all of that is coming together starting now. Mm -hmm. And for people to have this knowledge now, it's kind of a jump ball. Like for the last 30 years, like my career has been 99% guys. And it's just really bias piled on top of bias piled on top of bias. And those people got the breaks and it's not fair. Uh, but now is a reset. And if you have the, you know, interest and the willingness, all the things that you need to learn are already out there on the internet. And, you know, during the pandemic, you don't have to show up and look a certain way or be a certain person to get a, get a job done or work on an important project. So we just, you know, Thank you for, for saying that the book was valuable to you. Um, to, for us, like we just feel so fortunate that it's very timely as well. I feel like it truly democratizes the access to this type of information. I mean, I, whenever I've interacted with individuals who have had questions about emerging tech, one of the consistent trends that I find is this fear of, of getting their feet wet or tapping in or not feeling that they have access to the resources to learn. But like you mentioned with, you know, the internet democratizing access to information and, and education, I do feel like your book also democratizes and reduces the barrier to entry for people wanting to get their feet wet. Well, and, and you know, this emerging um, open 3D internet uh and, and again, like this is so early, people are still kind of trying to agree on what it actually is or what to call it. Um, but that's not just democratizing uh, 
information. It's going to democratize society. It's going to democratize community. So, you know, just before this, I was uh, hanging out playing some uh, miniature golf in VR with people and you can present yourself the way you look or you can choose something else and people can can be whomever they want. So, yeah, this is everybody's making it up as we go using as much experience as we can. So, uh, yeah, it's exciting. In um, kind of moving on to to another chapter in your book, uh, chapter 17, I would like to focus on media and entertainment. The show must grow on everywhere. Specifically around page 156, you two discuss the opportunities to augment the media and entertainment industry. And one of those opportunities includes how creators are leveraging things like AI for set design, animation, and visual effects to really build more diverse and realistic scenes and connect with their audiences. And the reason I want to bring this up is because your book cover has a fun little interactivity element that listeners may not know about yet. So can you talk to us more about the creative decision behind the cover and its interactivity as well? Yeah. Um, so, you know, we're writing a, bo- a book about technology and we both have worked in augmented reality and virtual reality and, and these emerging technologies for a while. So, you know, it was, we had to augment our cover. Like that was not even an option, right? We, we were like, okay, this needs to be an augmented cover. If, if not, what are we doing here? So, um, so everything from the design of the cover, which John was pivotal in, in working on uh, with an amazing, amazing designer, it was super important. Um, but we also worked uh, with a team um, in Chile to augment the cover and create some face filters. Um, so yeah, it was a very exciting, exciting thing. And maybe John, you you can add a little bit about you know what inspired the cover because to be honest, that was all that was all him. I, uh, I I was okay with a cover that looked nothing like this one that was like more generic. And he was like, no, it's got to be something that looks good. And I'm so glad you pushed for that, John. Oh, thank you. Yeah. So um, Kathy had already uh, written a book previously, a, a great book called Marketing New Realities. And it was, you know, one of the first, uh, maybe the first book about, you know, using AR and VR uh, for marketing. And I think it came out in what, 2017, 2018, something like that. Yeah. Um, but it was my first book. And uh, I'm an avid reader and collector of Wired magazine. Magazines for the younger people are these, you know, stacks of paper with glue on the side that we used to like <laughs> open and, and leaf through when we had, you know, nothing to do when our favorite TV show wasn't on. But um, anyway, <laughs> Wired magazine is an amazing, uh, you know, touchstone in my career to figure out what technology means and how people intersect and, and what that means and and all the covers like have this amazing graphic design. And so I, I said to Kathy, I think, I think our cover should have that excitement. It should have that, that sense of kind of sleek, but you know, um, you know, really, uh, it should have, it should be sleek and it should be passionate. It should have that vibrance that, uh, that, that technology can have in the right ways. And so, yeah, uh, the agency media monks, uh, you know, loaned us, um, Lorenzo Melito, who is a wonderful designer in Scandinavia, and and he came up with concepts, and we very quickly arrived at this one. And then to your question, yeah, uh, Kathy pushed for it to be augmented, and we found Oscar Cartagena uh, in Latin America, and he was very kind to help us put this together. And so, yeah, it's to me the cover is one of my favorite parts of the project, just because I feel like it embodies our excitement, and also, you know, is a reference to kind of all the great things about Wired Magazine. 
Absolutely. And it's beautiful, colorful, and it has that interactivity element to it. Now, I know we're kind of coming to the end of our conversation here. So I wanted to uh, take this opportunity for you to, to tell the audience where they can find you at to stay in touch with what you're working on and where they can find your book. Uh, yeah. So for me, um, definitely LinkedIn is one of the best places to uh, to connect with me. And to also maybe read some of the thought leadership, let's call it that, that, that I'm putting out there in the world. So LinkedIn, Kathy Hackle on LinkedIn. Um, and then John, I'll let you kind of uh, sh t share, fo tell folks where they can reach you and then where, where they can find our book. Yeah, great. Thanks. So LinkedIn is is my natural habitat. Um, John Bazell, uh, two Zs, two Ls, you'll find me on there. Um, I'm BuzzXR on Twitter. And occasionally we'll put stuff there as well. I know Kathy Hackle on Twitter is another place to find her. And if you're looking for our book, uh, the best place to buy it, of course, is on Amazon. It's available globally. Uh, the Augmented Workforce is the name. You can get it uh, both on Kindle and paperback. And uh, we're in production on an audiobook, And we're looking at doing some translations as well. So we just want people to be able to find it wherever they need it. Um, we also have a website, theaugmentedworkforce.com, where if there's information on events around the book or new versions of it or really anything beyond what you'd find on Amazon, that's the best place to go for that as well. Awesome. I will make sure to link that in the show notes for everyone Thanks. to get to. And I noticed there's a little section at the bottom to sign up for a newsletter. So make sure you sign up for that if you're listening to the show. And again, thank you so much, John and Kathy, for being on the inaugural season two episode of uh, Coffee and Code. You two are amazing. Two of my, my emerging tech heroes. Just thank you so much for your time. <laughs> well, thank you. It was, it was a pleasure to be here. Yeah, thanks so much. I had fun too. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode of Coffee and Code, share it with a friend. You can also support this podcast by leaving a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and you can also share it on social media. It doesn't matter if you have five or 500 or 5,000 followers, you have influence. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to be notified when new episodes go live. Thank you so much for listening to Coffee and Code.